Hello, you're listening to the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and this is episode number 10. This week, Pastor Tim Trammell talks about building your dream house in a continuation of our series and focuses on the foundation of that dream house, which is prayer. I hope this episode encourages you, uplifts you, and helps you live a better life serving God through prayer. Enjoy these next few minutes. Well, I want to start off today's sermon with a hopefully encouraging fact for anybody that is single. So if you're single in the house, this is for you. So did you know that if 99% of people on this earth find you unattractive, that's okay? Because statistically speaking, that leaves the 1%. And that 1% is 75 million people that will still find you attractive. So there you go. Hopefully that just boost your self-confidence for you this morning if you're single. That's for you. That was free. (laughs) Well, hey, Pastor Bill has been preaching a series on building your life and having a solid foundation. Is there anyone here that's been enjoying that series over the last couple of weeks? Well, I want to continue that series today by talking about the foundation of prayer. And just like a house needs various materials to hold the foundation together so that it stays strong, so that it can weather any storm that opposes it, I mean, you know that a good prayer life will hold our lives together and it'll keep our foundation strong. How many of you want a foundation that doesn't crumble when the winds come and the rains come? Prayer will cause you to be unshakable, unmovable. It'll cause you to be strong. So let's talk about what it looks like to build your house on the foundation of prayer. Jeremiah 33.3 says this, and I think it's a, a really good verse on prayer. Call to me, and I will answer to you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. It's important that we understand that prayer is a conversation between us and God. It's important that we understand that God hears us, When I wrote that down, I felt like there was at least one person in this room that needed to hear that. God hears you. There are times in prayer that we speak, and there are times in prayer that we listen. There are times in prayer that God speaks and God reveals things to us, and there are times in prayer that he listens to us as we speak. But prayer is a conversation. How many of you know if I were to have a conversation with Miss Twyla and all I did was talk, 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 that wouldn't be a very good conversation, would it? But likewise, if we were having a conversation and all I did was listen and I didn't say a single word, you'd probably walk away thinking, what is wrong with him? (laughs) But a good conversation requires talking and it requires listening. Prayer is a conversation. And I'm very thankful for my wife and that she is a woman of prayer. And one thing I've learned from her, and this is my first point, is that prayer is effective. Prayer is effective. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write that down. When my wife was 16 years old, she made a decision to begin to pray for her future husband and her future family. And let me just encourage, I know I'm I'm picking on single people today, but here's another one. If you're single, if you're unmarried, and you're looking for a significant other, don't pick the person with the most money. Don't pick the person who looks the best. Pick the person that's already praying for you. Amen? How many know that's good advice? And so my wife, as she was praying for her future family and and, and what that would look like and be like, God actually revealed to her at the age of 16 that 
she, that uh, she would have twins. 16 years old, God told her that, and that it would be a boy and a girl, and that they would have blonde hair and blue eyes. For those of you that know our adoption story, a little over a year ago, my wife and I had the opportunity to take in a pair of twins, a boy and a girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. So as you can imagine, when, when we first got the phone call about them, and then they texted us a picture of them, and we saw that they had blonde hair and blue eyes, we said, okay, God, <laughs> all right, prayer is effective, amen? My, my wife, what she did is she held on to that promise, and she prayed over that promise for 12 years, And so we knew when that promise was coming into fruition in our lives, we knew exactly what was happening because we had been praying over and believing it. Amen? Prayer is effective. And I remember the night before we got the twins being at Walmart at 2 a.m. Do you remember when you could do that? Do you remember going to Walmart at 2 a.m.? Wow, that was nice. (laughs) And I remember picking up things that we thought we needed. And I was asking my wife, like, okay, so what does a three-year-old do? Like, do you just lay down a newspaper, toss some treats? You know, like, like what, do they, what do they play with? What do they eat? Like, I mean, we bought the silliest things. And I remember, you know, I, I remember we baby-proofed literally everything. Like, there wasn't an inch of our home that you could go without it being baby-proofed. And I couldn't open my door for weeks. Actually, I still can't open my doors. <laughs> I think I bought the adult-proof locks on accident, maybe. But yeah, just, just baby-proofed everything, uh, worked really hard. And then I remember the very next day, the twins came into our home. And of course, half the things we bought we didn't need. But that's another story. Um, but I remember because of the trauma and because of the abuse and the neglect that they experienced, it was very challenging. Um, they actually acted very animalistic in a lot of ways. They couldn't talk, so they would growl at you. Um, they would grunt and growl like that's how they would uh, asked for things. Uh, they knew two words, the word mama. And by the way, I was mama for like four months. <laughs> I was, I, I had gotten to the point where I was just, my grandkids are going to call me grandma. Like, that's fine. You know, it took me four months to get them to call me daddy. Anyway, they knew two words, mama, and they knew the word no. Now, unfortunately, they still understand the word no, um, but that's okay. Um, but there was a lot of issues, a lot of problems they had. They weren't used to being fed regularly. So when we first got them, we had to feed them every hour on the hour. Um, they had PTSD, and they had just on and on all kinds of issues. And I knew that therapy and structure would help. Loving them would help. Um, but ultimately, I knew what was really going to change their situation was prayer. Why? Because prayer is effective. And so what we started to do day one is we began to pray over them. At morning, when they woke up, we would pray over them. Lord, I, I pray that you would bless them, keep them, cause your face to shine upon them. Lord, I, I thank you that healing inside and out, God, is yours. God, I thank you that they would come to know you and accept you at a young age. We began to pray the promises of God because, listen, we understood that those twins were a promise given to us by God, and now they get to live in the promise that we have, but we had to do our part by praying for them. Amen? How many you know sometimes you got to do your part by praying for those around you? So we began to pray morning night before they went to bed, even when they were sleeping, we would just pray over them because we believed that God had an amazing plan for them. And it's amazing, a year later, I can tell you that they're speaking in full sentences. I can tell you that they can count, that they can recognize shapes and letters. And for the most part, they're acting like a normal four-year-old would act like. And a lot of these issues that they had 
they just don't have anymore. Um, and, it's, and it's just been so amazing to see them grow, to see what they've overcome. And I believe it's because prayer is effective. James 5.16 says this, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Do you believe that your prayers are effective? 2020 has been full of obstacles. It's been full of challenges. But let me encourage you that God hears the prayer that you're praying and that those prayers are effective and they're working. Last week, Pastor Bill talked about faith. He talked about calling things that are not as though they are. Whatever you're believing for, whatever you're praying for, just know that your prayers are effective. So don't stop believing. Don't stop praying because God will use your prayers for his kingdom and for his glory. Prayer is effective. The second thing I want to talk about is prayer is active. That's point number two. Prayer is active. It's always working and moving on our behalf. Matthew 6 Chapter 9 through 13, Jesus is speaking here. How many you know when Jesus says something, we should probably listen, right? And how many know that Jesus knew how to pray? In fact, there are many times where he'd be preaching to large amounts of people, and he'd be doing amazing miracles and wonders, but then he would almost always retreat in solitude and pray because he understood that the success of what he was doing was determined by his prayer life. And so I think if anyone understood prayer, it was Jesus. Amen? So Matthew 6, 9 through 13, Jesus says this, to pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know that when you pray, heaven comes down to earth? Did you know that there are things that are happening today, and, and come on, I could, I could list them all, you know, on a very large sheet of paper, but the things and the problems that we have today in this world and maybe in our lives, the only thing that's going to change those things is heaven, right? Like, there, there are problems and issues that we have that only heaven can change, and so we can get on social media, and we can, we can share memes, and we can rant, and we can get in arguments with people around us and try to convince others, well, this is why I'm right, and this is why you're wrong, but the reality is, until we pray heaven down to earth, some of these issues and situations are not going to change. Prayer is active. Prayer is active. You know, Pastor Bill says that we can accomplish far more with prayer than by any other efforts. I remember when the pandemic first started back in March, and I was getting a little nervous because I couldn't find toilet paper. And toilet paper is really one of those things that you don't even think about, you know? Like, you definitely don't appreciate it, but let alone even think about it very much until it's gone, and then you're like, oh, man, <laughs> like, I need this stuff, you know? But I remember... I remember our church came together as a staff to discuss what our plan was. What, what are we going to do? We're at a time in our church where, number-wise, we were dropping pretty low. We're at a, 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 a thing where, essentially, we knew that we we're going to have to shift our plans and, and make changes if we were going to keep operating as a church. And we wanted to be safe. We wanted to be, you know, to keep everybody safe, but at the same time, we still wanted to function as the body of Christ. And so... I just want to brag on 
your senior pastor just for a second, because before he talked about cameras, before he started talking about live streams and lights and putting out videos, before that even started in the conversation, he said the first thing that we need to do is pray. That's the very first thing, because everything else is going to fail. Nothing else is going to measure up. Nothing else is going to happen the way it needs to happen unless it starts in prayer. And if you're a part of our church, then you'll remember that's when we started our 40 days of prayer. Because Pastor Bill said, I believe that prayer is active. It's always moving. It's always working on our behalf. So we started our 40 days of prayer. And let me tell you, when we did that, we started having some of the most powerful services that I've ever been a part of. People were getting saved. People were getting healed. It was amazing just seeing God move and and, and hearing the different words from the Lord, and people were encouraged. And, I mean, you would just walk in this place, and you would just feel the presence of God. People were excited. (laughs) You know, how many know that's, that's important to be passionate and excited because you walk out these doors, and people don't feel that way. People feel fear. People feel heavy anxiety. And so to be able to come to church together and to feel excitement and passion, it's an incredible thing. And I believe it's because we decided that prayer is active. I believe our church became stronger because we decided to pray. Come on. What the enemy intended for evil, God used to strengthen our church. And suddenly, we're broadcasting to an audience that we'd never broadcasted before. Suddenly, we're ministering and operating in gifts that we've never done before. Suddenly, we're doing a new thing. What the enemy intended for evil and to take down this church, we're now stronger and better than ever. Amen? And that's not because of the pastoral leadership. I'm not talking about the pastoral leadership of this church. I'm talking about you. You decided to pray with us. You remember the devotionals that we put out? You decided to pray with us. And when we prayed in unity, oh, we became strong. And the enemy did not stand a chance. Amen? Prayer is active. When we pray, things begin to move and things begin to change on our behalf. Listen, let me just be really blunt with you. God didn't cause the coronavirus, but he sure will turn it around and use it for his glory. God didn't give you cancer. God didn't give you a disease or a sickness, but he sure will turn it around and use it for his glory. God didn't cause your heart to break, but he'll turn it around and he will use it for his glory because he's God (laughs) and because he loves you. Prayer is active. Prayer moves and operates even when we don't see it. We're just singing about that, right? Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, we can talk in faith that he is moving because prayer is active. It doesn't just stop, okay, God, I'm done. No. Why do you think there's a verse that says pray without ceasing? Because we can live a life of prayer, a lifestyle of prayer. Here's something that really encouraged me this weekend. Prayer is active even when we don't have the words to say. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many are thankful that the Spirit will help you in your weakness? For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Isn't it comforting to know that even when I don't have the words to say, Even when I don't know what to say, 
that I can still get in God's presence and the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you will pray what needs to be prayed. Isn't that comforting to know? Maybe you feel like you can't come before God, that you're not worthy. Maybe you feel like you have too much hurt and pain on the inside of you. Maybe you feel like you have too much sin and that you're separated from God. You think you've made too many mistakes. I can't come before God. But just come to him because he doesn't even need your words. He just wants you. Isn't that incredible? God, God doesn't even need your words. <laughs> he just wants you. So let me encourage somebody. When you get home today, tonight, tomorrow morning, Maybe you don't even know what to say. Maybe you have so much stress and anxiety that you can't even put into words what your emotions are. Listen, I've been there. Come before him anyway, because the spirit on the inside of you will pray exactly what you need, will intercede exactly what you need, will minister to you exactly the way you need to be needed. You don't even need to have words because it's not about you. It's about him. Amen. He doesn't need your words. He just wants you. Amen? Prayer is active. My last point this morning is prayer is definitive. You can believe the things that you're praying because God has the final word. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them that this morning? God has the final word. Come on, tell them that, but with more energy. (laughs) Amen? Amen? John 15, verse 7 says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How many know that's a pretty bold scripture, pretty powerful scripture, amen? If we ask for it, we'll receive it. Is there anyone here that believes that? If we ask for it, we'll receive it. Didn't we just pray for healing for some members of our church this morning? If we ask for it, we will receive it. Amen? And so, does that mean if I ask God for a new 2020 Chevy Corvette, I, I Googled it, they're nice, <laughs> that, I'll, that I'll get one because I asked for it? I don't know, maybe. But the point of the scripture is to emphasize that when you have a close relationship with the Lord and you ask for something, that you'll receive it. And I will encourage you with this. The more time that you spend with God, the more your desires will line up with his desires. The more your heart will line up with his heart. When you have a close relationship with God, you're going to pray differently, okay? So you might not necessarily ask for that new car because the closer you get to the Lord, you're not going to pray the way you used to pray. You might find yourself praying less for yourself and more for others, the closer that you get with the Lord, the more intimate of a relationship you have with the Lord. Side note, I want to talk about praying for others for just a minute. How many of you know, as Christians, it's good to pray for others? But one thing I, I see all the time is, you know, we get really good at, you know, someone tells us our, their problem or their issue, or they say, hey, can you pray for me? This is what's going on. And typically, our response is, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I think the problem with that is, if we're being honest with ourselves, typically we don't. <laughs> Typically, I think what happens is we say we'll pray for that person, but we forget, you know, life is busy, right? I I don't know about you, but I have at least a thousand things that happen from the morning to nighttime. And so a lot of times what happens is three days will pass. I didn't pray for that person. Oh, no. So, So let me help you out here. If someone asks you for prayer, 
pray for them right then and there. Take, take an extra two seconds and just say, you know what? Before you walk away, just grab them. <laughs> You're not supposed to touch people anymore, so I, I don't know. Lasso them, you know. And, and, and just say, look, I want to pray for you right now. How about, how about before you even leave this place, I'm going to pray for you right now. And what does that do? One, you're not going to forget. And two, you might have a word or you might have a, a specific prayer for that person that they need to hear. God might have the exact words for you. Listen, sometimes when I pray for people, I have no idea what I'm going to say. But once I start praying, it's like I'm downloading. We talked about heaven on earth. I'm downloading heaven. And all of a sudden, I'm prophesying to this person. And I'm thinking, where did that come from? But it's exactly what that person needed. If somebody texts you an issue or texts you a problem and says, hey, can you pray for me? Don't just respond, okay, I'll pray for you. Text out the prayer. You know, because you know what that does? That forces them to read the prayer out loud. And that's powerful. Now they're speaking the word of God over their lives, whether they have a choice or not. Amen? So let's just not say, okay, I'll pray for you. How about we pray for them right then and there? Whether it's text, whether it's Facebook Messenger, whether it's in person, pray for the person right then and there. I promise you that will change your life. If you get in the habit of not saying, okay, I'll pray for you, but just saying, I'll pray, but saying, hey, I'll pray for you right now, you will become more bold with your prayers because then, but then it becomes a habit. It's like, why would I wait? I'm not going to wait till tonight. <laughs> Let's pray right now. Come on. Amen. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. I want to encourage you that prayer is vital. As a Christian, prayer is the most powerful and the most important thing that you can do. Prayer can strengthen a foundation that's weak. Prayer can strengthen and fix a foundation that's been damaged by the things that have happened to it. How many of you know that in this world right now, it's really easy to feel different emotions? Like fear. It's a big one, right? Anxiety. It's people that don't want to leave their home right now. Maybe even depression. And I really felt this strongly in my spirit, especially this weekend, that these emotions don't come from the Lord. They don't. Fear does not come from the Lord. If you're experiencing fear in your life, that's not from God. If you're experiencing confusion, chaos, anxiety, depression, any of those things, that is not from, the Lord is not giving you those emotions. They do not come from him. And so you know what you can say? These emotions can go to hell where they came from. You can say that. Amen? Because because if it doesn't come from God, then where is it coming from? Amen? So if you... Catch yourself experiencing these feelings, which is normal. It happens. But you need to be bold to say, you know what? I will not stand here and let this take over my life. Fear has to leave in the name of Jesus. Depression has to leave in the name of Jesus. These, these feelings that, that I'm feeling of uncertainty have to go in the name of Jesus because my God is not the author of confusion. Amen? Perfect love cast out all fear. He gives us a sound mind. Amen? I tell you, that bad doctor's report, that didn't come from God either. So you could tell it the same thing. Go back to where you came from. (laughs) It's not from the Lord. Disaster, chaos, it doesn't come from God. 
And I think sometimes when you experience a feeling or an emotion for so long, you begin to accept it. And then if you accept it for too long, it becomes part of your identity. I remember being a teenager and battling with depression. And I was probably depressed for about four, maybe five years. And it was to the point where I thought my depression was my identity. I thought my anxiety was part of who I was. And it wasn't until I had somebody bold step into my life and say, that is not from the Lord. You must rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And that I began to step out of that, that I began to walk out of that. There are things in your life right now, quite possibly aren't from the Lord. And you have to look at it and you have to be bold and say, no. I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to live with this. I'm not going to continue to walk in this every single day. This is not my identity. God loves me. That's my identity. I have a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. That's my identity. God is for me and not against me. That is who I am. (laughs) Amen? So in every situation, whether it's good or whether it's bad, I think sometimes we're conditioned to only pray when things are bad, when we're not feeling good or when something bad happens. But it's important that we pray in every situation. When life is good, you should pray. When life is bad, you should pray. When you're feeling overwhelmed, you should pray. When you feel like you have it all together and you're like, oh, wow, things are actually going really good right now, pray. And I'll even encourage you with this. I've shared a lot of scripture with you about prayer. Pray scripture over your situation. Pray scripture over your life. If, if you're experiencing something in your life that you know should not be there, declare scripture over it, and I promise you it has to go because the word of God can trump anything that is not from him. Amen? Amen? So pray scripture over it because God's word is definitive. Come on, tell your neighbor one more time. God has the final word. Mm-hmm. God loves you, and he desires to have a close and intimate relationship with you. I'll tell you, as somebody who's married, having a close and intimate relationship requires dialogue. It requires conversation. It requires listening and talking. To have a close and intimate relationship with the Lord, it requires dialogue, speaking and listening, hearing his voice, just spending time with him, even when you don't have the words to say like we talked about, but spending time with him. And I want to encourage you that God loves you so much that he made the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have a relationship and that we could pray to him whenever we want. Every single moment of every single day. God sent his son Jesus to die in our place. He took on the punishment that we deserved. And it didn't end there because he rose from the grave three days later with resurrecting power. And because of that, we get to have a relationship with our Father, free of sin, free of shame, free of the chains that bind us. And we get to come to him in prayer any time that we want. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Our prayer is definitive. God has the final word. Amen? So I'll close with this. Three things we talked about today. Prayer is effective. Prayer is active. It's always moving and working in our behalf. And prayer 
is definitive. God has the final word. I want to tell you a story of when I lived in Atlanta. We had a, a class that was about outreach and evangelism. And what, what do you know, we didn't just stay in the classroom, <laughs> you know, for the entire class. And, and we, we get in the class one day, and the teacher says, hey, because this is a class about evangelism, I want you to break into groups of two and go out into the city of Atlanta and just pray for people. Now, how many know that can be dangerous, right? It's downtown Atlanta. It's not a very safe city. Um, but we did it anyway. We didn't have coronavirus then, so we could do that. So we went out, and me and my buddy Jerome, he was my best friend, we went out, and we are just walking around. Okay, Lord, who do you have highlighted for me to pray for? And so we're walking around, and we see this laundromat. Now, it's not just like any laundromat. It's not like one of those really nice, bougie laundromats. Like, this was like an old, run-down, like this, I'm pretty sure this building was condemned kind of laundromat, you know. Walk past there. My buddy says, hey, let's walk in there. I'm like, okay, sure. So we walk into the laundromat, and there is about six to eight gentlemen in that room, and... Immediately when we walk in, because we definitely didn't fit in, they stopped what they're doing, and they looked right at us. And so we have, like, all those eyes just staring at us. Now, what I was told later was that my friend, who was actually from around the area, who was a little bit more street smart than I was, informed me that these gentlemen were performing a drug deal. And that we had literally walked in the moment that they had done the drug deal. And so walking in, they probably assumed that we were some kind of cops or whatever, or we're going to call the cops. We looked really suspicious to them, even though they looked really suspicious to us. So my buddy informed me of that later and why that was such a crazy situation. So we walk in, and these guys have guns. <laughs> I mean, these are really scary-looking men. And why, and so, so we're in there, and I'm thinking, I might not walk out of here. Like, this is, this is a really scary situation, you know? They're just, and then the guy's like, what do you want? And I'm like, and I kind of tensed up a little bit. I'm like, oh, no. This is the day that I'm going to die. And my buddy goes, hey, we're just walking around the city of Atlanta trying to show love for people. Do you guys need prayer for anything? And then they, they look at us like we're, like, like we're stupid, okay, like, like we're crazy people. They're like, this goes on for like a minute. They're just staring at us, and I'm thinking, okay, now I'm definitely going to die. Like this is it. Lord Jesus, you know, take the wheel. And then, and then the guy looks, and I guess he was the leader, and he goes, I'll say bleep bleep. He, he used curse words, but I'll just say bleep bleep. He said, oh, bleep bleep. I could use some prayer. <laughs> and I'm thinking, woo. And so we began to pray for them, and, and we began to just share what was on our heart, and we began to minister the gospel to them. And when I tell you that these gang members, these people that had guns, these people that were just performing a drug deal, began to weep and began to cry because of the word of God was being declared over them, because we were praying over them, because we took the time to step out of our comfort zones and pray. Come on, how many know prayer is powerful? Well, Pastor Tim, I, I, don't, I don't have, a, I'm not like Joel. I can't, I can't sing like that. I'm not like Nathaniel. I can't play keys like that. Well, you can pray, and God will use your prayers in ways that you could never even imagine. Amen? Prayer is powerful, and we can accomplish more with prayer than any other efforts. And as the worship team starts playing, I want to challenge you this morning. That's one of our C's in our church is to challenge. My challenge is this, that you would become a man or a woman 
of prayer. Because prayer will not only change your life, but it'll change the world around you. I promise you, you may feel like you're insignificant and small and that you can't make a difference, but prayer changes things. Prayer will change your life and then prayer will proceed to change the lives of everybody around you. I was raised in an atheist home. My parents believed, raised me to believe that Jesus was just a, a myth, someone that gave people hope and that he wasn't real. And they were very anti-church. So it surprises a lot of people when I told them that I, I was an atheist until the age of 17. They're like, really? And I remember when I got saved, when I came into a relationship with the Lord, I began to pray for my mother. I began to pray that she would come into a saving knowledge, a relationship with Jesus. And it took a few years. It didn't happen all at once. But I can tell you about, I think it was three years after I started praying for her. I, w- I walked in one day with a Bible. And I said, Mom, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. And you're going to listen. And I thought I was going to get met with resistance. And she said, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, prayer is effective, right? And I sat down and I just shared with her what God had done in my life. And the freedom that I've experienced. And then I said, Mom, I just want to pray for you. And she begins to cry and weep, and she accepts Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Prayer is powerful, isn't it? You may feel like you can't make a difference. <laughs> you may feel like you're insignificant or small, but God will use you. God will use your prayers in ways that you could never think or ever imagine. Become a man or a woman of prayer. Amen. Well, wasn't that a great episode? I sure hope you enjoyed it. I hope it enriched your life. I hope it is helping you live a life better after the love of Jesus Christ. If you enjoyed it, I want you to make sure you click on that subscribe button. Also, you can go to our website, WLFAR.com, and click on the Give button and help support what God is doing in our region. God bless you.